0: All right. This morning, I want to make a few remarks concerning uh, what's going on there in Israel and the response I think that we as Christians should have. So let's begin with a word of prayer, shall we? Lord, our hearts are broken. we're so concerned about what's taking place in Israel. We pray for your protection upon them, everyone involved. And Lord, I also pray that you would give us the correct response as Christians. I pray, Lord, that we would be a part of a church that reacts appropriately. The church worldwide Lord, speak to us, clarify things to us, I pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. So, a week ago, Saturday, about 1,500 Hamas terrorists came out of Gaza and they butchered 1,300 innocent Israeli civilians men, women, babies, children, grandchildren, grandparents. The level of brutality has been confirmed in videos and images and it's among the worst that's ever been seen. I don't know if you realize this, but last Saturday, Israel uh, experienced a terrorist threat threat that was about 10 times more than we experienced in our 9-11. Devastating. So Israel, as you know, is at war. They've gone into Gaza There are also some hot spots up here in the West Bank. And then up north, I've got it shaded in yellow. That's Lebanon. That could potentially become a very tough thing for them. We're living in a dangerous world right now. It's very dangerous for Israel. It could escalate. They could have to fight on three different sides. It could also become a regional war. People have also mentioned the idea of World War III. So right now we live in a very dangerous world. How should Christians respond? How do we react to what's going on in the Middle East? Well, I want to share a few things. And first of all, I would say that you need to be biblically informed and aware Of what's happening in the Middle East. You're going to have a lot of talking heads on TV that are going to tell you what's going on. A lot of posts on Facebook, YouTube channels, and fortunately some of the professors in our universities today will have their say as well. Lots of different opinions on it, but it's very important as Christians that you have a biblical Perspective That you're aware of sort of big picture things in the Middle East. So I want to remind you of some things. First of all, Israel is God's chosen nation. The Jewish people are God's people. That goes way back to Genesis chapter 12. When God made this promise to Abraham, the father of the nation of Israel. He said, I will make you a great what? I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So I just, just understand something. The United States of America is not God's chosen nation. Muslim nations are not God's chosen nation. Mexico is not God's chosen nation. Israel is God's chosen nation. In fact, in Deuteronomy chapter 32, God calls the nation of Israel the apple of his eye. Now, Abraham was not looking for this. Israel was not looking for this. They certainly didn't deserve it. They didn't earn it. Understand very clearly, this is an act of the grace of God. He chose to select that nation to be his chosen nation. That's it. So God chose the nation of Israel. And he chose them for a plan. God had a very specific plan to carry out through the nation of Israel. And again, I'm going to take you to what the Lord said to Abraham in Genesis chapter 12. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great. You shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be what? Bless. God chose to bless All the families of the earth, all nations, all people groups, through Abraham, through the nation that would come forth. Israel is meant and has meant to be a blessing to all the nations, and it has been. How has Israel blessed all the nations? Well, Israel is the nation through which God's revelation of himself to everyone has come. Do you realize that? All the prophets came to Israel. This book, the Bible, came from Israel. Jews wrote the Old Testament. Did you know that Jews also wrote the New Testament? The first members of the church, the first Christians were Jewish. Paul was a Jew. Matthew, Jew. John, Jew. Jude, Jew. Some argue that Luke was the only Gentile writer of the New Testament. I would argue that that's not set in stone. He very likely could be Jewish. Understand that because of the nation of Israel, through the prophets and through the revelation, we have the scripture. Now think of that. We know what happened in the beginning. Genesis chapter 1, God created all things. We have the explanation for what went wrong with the human race. We fell into sin in the garden and sin spread. We have the revelation that tells us there is an enemy called Satan, the devil, who's deceived the human race. We have all of the devastation of sin recorded in the Old and New Testament. We know that the Bible has taught Old Testament and New Testament that our sin separates us from God who is holy. And we also know from Old and New Testament, time and time again, that the only way for sins to be forgiven is through the sacrificial, atoning death of a substitute. All of that from the Scriptures. It's a blessing. And then by far the greatest blessing of Israel is Israel's Messiah, Jesus, the Jewish Messiah. God became man, was born under the law of Moses as a Jew, was sent to die on the cross for the sins of the world. And through faith in him, anyone can be forgiven and saved. Old Testament points to him. New Testament explains what happened. All of this from the Jewish people. So understand, God chose Israel for a special plan. Which I would admit, would say has been executed pretty well. We have the scriptures. And we also have... The sacrifice that Jesus made at the cross, fulfilling all of the Jewish messianic prophecies. Now, since the nation of Israel are the chosen people and a special plan, as you might expect, they have an enemy. Israel has a very powerful, supernatural, invisible enemy. Satan has hated the Jewish people since day one. Satan has come against the Jewish people since day one. Throughout history, the nation of Israel has been targeted by Satan. And that's because Satan knows the special plan. There's a passage in Revelation chapter 12 that I think serves as a microcosm for all of history, at least is how it relates for the Jewish people John says now a great sign appeared in heaven. A woman clothed with the sun with the moon under her feet. And on her head a garland of twelve stars. Then being with child she cried out in labor and in pain to give birth. Twelve stars a woman. The twelve stars make you think the twelve tribes of Israel. This is all language that comes from the Old Testament pointing to the nation of Israel. Being with child, she cried out in labor and pain to give birth. That speaks of the messianic child, the birth of the Messiah. And another sign appeared in heaven. Behold, a great fiery red dragon, having seven heads and ten horns and seven diadems on his heads. His tail drew a third of the stars of heaven, threw them to the earth... And the dragon stood before the woman who was ready to give birth to devour her child as soon as it was born. Isn't that a horrible graphic image? That is the picture of what's been going on throughout all of history. The dragon has sought to destroy the mother, Israel, and devour the child. Israel has a satanic enemy, and that explains why the Jewish people have been targeted throughout their history. The Egyptians and Pharaoh killed Jewish babies, systematically trying to exterminate the Jewish people. The Assyrians wanted to annihilate. Israel the Babylonians wanted to there's a guy by the name of Haman who actually put a law on the books ordering that every single Jew alive in his generation was to be put to death and that story is in the book of Esther and thank the Lord for that gutsy young beautiful lady who stood up Antiochus Epiphanes tried to kill many Jews when Jesus was born Herod ordered the murder of every male baby 2 year and under in the in the city of Bethlehem that's the dragon seeking to devour the child in 70 AD some Jews tried to revolt in the Roman Empire and they were squashed the general Roman general named Titus came surrounded the city Hundreds of thousands of Jews were slaughtered. The temple was leveled. Jews were dispersed worldwide. And wherever they've gone, they've found trouble. Just within a hundred years, I'm not talking about ancient history here, listen. Less than a hundred years ago, Adolf Hitler exterminated, systematically Six million Jewish people. Anti-Semitism is satanic. It's horrific. And as we're all aware of today, there are still terrorists who want to kill Jewish babies and have killed Jewish babies. And there are whole groups of people that want the whole nation of Israel exterminated. The nation of Israel has always been the target of illogical unrelenting brutal attempts at complete extermination as orchestrated by Satan. And that will continue to happen and get worse until Jesus Christ himself steps in. So Understand, the nation of Israel is God's chosen nation, an incredible plan to bless all nations. And so there's an enemy after. Understand, there is tremendous spiritual warfare taking place right now. Do you understand what's going on? The dragon is at work. Very important to be aware of that. And then here's something very important that I hope we all understand. The church is not Israel. The church is separate from Israel. There's a theological teaching out there. It's called replacement theology. It's horrific. It teaches that the church has replaced Israel. The church has not replaced Israel. Israel and the church are different. And in fact, right now, we live in a a period of time called the Church Age. Which started at the death of Jesus at the cross and his resurrection and continues to this day. It's been there for about 2,000 years. Now before the cross, God was dealing, listen carefully, with the state of Israel, the nation of Israel, the government entity Israel. That's what the Old Testament was all about. But tragically, you know that the nation of Israel, as represented by their deceived religious leaders, rejected Messiah. They rejected Jesus. And in fact, they delivered Jesus over to the Gentiles, the Romans, for crucifixion. Now, ironically, by their rejection of Jesus, the plan... Went forward of God's Son dying on the cross for the sins of the world, making it possible for salvation to come to all. And so the church age began. In the church age, uh, people come to God through faith in Jesus Christ the exact same way. In the church age, there's no Jew, there's no Gentile, there's no male, there's no female. There's no poor person and there's no rich person. We're all same. We all come to God through faith in Jesus Christ. And the church began and it's grown for the last 2,000 years. So it's all over this planet. But understand something very important. This is key. In the church age, God has set aside the nation of Israel. The government entity, Israel. The state. He hasn't set aside the Jews. Jews are a part of the church. There are a lot of Jews who have given their life to Jesus Christ. As I said, the first members of the church were Jewish. But the state has been set aside. God is dealing with the church here, not the nation of Israel, and you need to understand that. So the church is not Israel. However, God has future plans for Israel. The state, the government, the nation. My brother and sister in Christ, this is so key to understand. In the Old Testament, God made many promises to the nation of Israel. There are many prophecies filled with promises to the nation of Israel that have not yet been fulfilled. There's still future Prophecies and promises about a worldwide kingdom of peace with an eternal king sitting on the throne of David in Jerusalem. With an Israel that exists in peace. It's a place that, it's a, it's a, it's a point of time that Christian theologians looking to the future speak of as the millennial kingdom. An incredible moment is coming. Those prophecies have not yet been fulfilled. I believe They will be fulfilled at the second coming of Jesus Christ when he comes again. So here we are in the church age. I believe the church age is coming to an end. It'll take place with the rapture that turns into the seven-year tribulation period. During the tribulation period, God will again turn his attention to the nation of Israel. And eventually, the nation, the state, will embrace Jesus. Jesus will come again. Set up a literal kingdom. So, I believe that we're at the end of the church age. I don't think I can get close enough to that line to tell you how near the end I think we are. Now, you would say, Terry, why Would you say that we're at the end of the church age? Why are we in these last days? Well, again, those prophecies that God made to the nation of Israel in the Old Testament indicates that there has to be a real state of Israel living in the land of Israel. There has to be. That hasn't been true for 2,500 years. Since the Babylonian captivity of 586 BC and the expel of, of, from Jerusalem in 70 AD, Israel's been in the land, but never in power. That's never happened until May 14th, 1948. May 14th. Do you realize that after... 2,500 years of being spread out all over the planet, the nation of Israel was reborn in the land of Israel. There is a state of Israel in the land of Israel. This last Wednesday night, I did my very, very best to go through some of the modern day history of what happened with Israel. And I'm going to refer you all to that because I think it's something that we as Christians should be fluent in. You can go to our website, look at the video. I put my PowerPoint presentation up there. It can be downloaded so you can see all the various charts that we have. But it is absolutely amazing that Israel is back in the land and how God has preserved them in the land. May 14, 1948, they... Declared to be a nation. The very next day, they were attacked by every Arab nation around them. Miraculously survived and won that in June of 67, 1967. They were attacked on all sides. In six days, they won. In 1973, the Yom Kippur War. By the way, 50 years to the day, almost from what happened last Saturday, they were once again attacked on all sides. Israel prevailed, got more territory. The fighting of that war was over in 19 days. The miracle of the Jewish people back in the land speaking Hebrew, worshiping the same God. The same culture that they've always had. It's incredible. Mark Twain. This is a famous quote. He said, if statistics are right, the Jews constitute but 1% of the human race. It suggests a nebulous dim puff of stardust lost in the blaze of the Milky Way. Properly, the Jew ought hardly to be heard of. But he is heard of has always been heard of. He is as prominent on the planet as any other people, and his commercial importance is extravagantly out of proportion to the smallness of his bulk. His contributions to the world's list of great names in literature, science, art, music, finance, medicine, and abstruse learning are also way out of proportion to the weakness of his numbers. He's made a marvelous fight in this world, In all the ages, and has done it with his hands tied behind him, he could be vain of himself and be excused for it. The Egyptian, the Babylonian, and the Persian rose, filled the planet with sound and splendor, then faded to dream stuff and passed away. The Greek and the Roman followed and made a great vast noise, and they're gone. Other people have sprung up and held their torch high for a time, but it burned out, and they sit in twilight now, Or have vanished. The Jew saw them all, beat them all, and is now what he always was, exhibiting no decadence, no infirmities of age, no weakening of his parts, no slowing of his energies, no dulling of his alert and aggressive mind. All things are mortal but the Jew. All other forces pass, but he remains. What is the secret of his immortality? The miracle of the Jew. The prophecy of the Bible is proven. Look at the Jew. God's plan for the nation of Israel. They're back in the land. Now the Bible also teaches that when the last days are coming, you'll have an Israel back in the land, surrounded by hostile forces. Is that true today? Egypt, Jordan, Saudi Arabia, Syria, Lebanon... Further east, we have uh, Iran and Iraq. Yeah, they're surrounded. You have an Israel in the land surrounded by enemies. This is all an indication of fulfilled prophecy. The Bible teaches that all of Israel will be the hot seat for the entire world, and even more specifically, the city of Jerusalem right there. All eyes will be on Israel. All eyes will be on Jerusalem. The Bible indicates that there will be aggressive campaigns against Israel. It'll get worse and worse and worse. After the church age, the Bible predicts a great world dictator who's going to come on the scene, who will solve the Middle East process. Can you imagine somebody who could broker peace in the Middle East? It's going to happen. And, of course, that guy is known in Scripture as the Antichrist. A peace treaty will be signed. It will only last three and a half years. Then all chaos and war will break out. The Bible indicates that in the last days, Armageddon happens where the, the nations of the world, under control of Satan, will come against Israel. And at that point, Jesus returns Jesus saves his people. Jesus sets up his kingdom. So are we we at the end of the church age? Look where we're at. Look what's happening. Jesus said in Luke chapter 21, when these things begin to happen, look up, lift up your heads, Because your redemption draws near. My friend. Be biblically informed. And aware. Of what's happening. Israel is a special nation. Chosen by God with a plan. They have an enemy. Church is not Israel. Yet God has a distinct plan and purpose. For the nation of Israel. You be aware of these things. Now, how should Christians respond to all of this? Pray. Pray. Pray for the situation. Psalm 122 says, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May they prosper who love you. Peace be within your walls. Prosperity within your palaces. My brothers and sisters in Christ, if you pray regularly, and you should... Israel should be real close up near the top of your list every day. We should be praying for Israel every day, not just in a time of crisis. We are to be have our eyes on Israel and be praying for them. Now, this last Wednesday night, after we had our time of going through some of this uh, modern-day history, I had our congregation split up into groups of ten, five to ten, and we prayed for the nation of Israel. And I put up some bullets then of what I wanted to pray for. And I'd like to put that up right now. If you've got a camera, take a picture of it. I'm going to put this up on our website again, this uh, PowerPoint presentation. Here's some bullet points that you can pray for concerning the situation. Number one, pray for their comfort in the midst of their current atrocities. Pray for their military defense and offense. Here's a very important one. Pray against the world propaganda. And it's already happening. So you have these people come in, butcher 1,300 of their civilians. Then Israel starts to go after them. And you know what the terrorists do in Gaza? They don't get rid of their innocent uh, civilians. They use them as shields. And then, of course, there's collateral damage when Israel responds. And then Gaza comes out and they take all the, the pictures. And look how bad Israel is. It's already happening. Now, you need to understand what's, what's real, what's happening. Pray for Christian relations with Israel. Pray for American relations with Israel. I'm so blessed that America has responded strongly in this. There are, man, our our people are in place to help. And I'm very, very, but let's pray for them. Pray for those relationships. And then I would also add, pray for the Arabs and the Palestinians. I'm not anti-Arab. I'm not anti-Palestinian. God isn't either. There are monsters in that realm. Just like there are monsters in other places and other groups. Everybody has their monsters. But listen, man. God loves the Arabs. And, and many of the Palestinians involved in this are innocent pawns. They don't even know they're being used. Pray for them. Pray for, pray for everyone. Be praying for this regularly. So be biblically informed. Pray. And I would also say, my brothers and sisters in Christ, support Israel in any way you can. Support them financially if you can. There are many Christian organizations in Israel that do incredible work with the Jewish people. Um, Rosenberg and the Joshua Fund. Um, I was informed of a lot after today's service, first service. Humanitarian efforts in Israel. Support them financially. I would also say this. Support them in dialogue. In dialogue. It's on everybody's mind right now. Everyone's, I've been asked every day. I, was, I got called from a, a guy that used to go to church here who was in Times Square watching a Palestinian uh, protest. Called me up. Hey, what's going on? People want to know. You support Israel in your dialogue. Understand what's really going on and support them in your social media posts, however you want to do it. I would also support Israel by backing any political leader that is pro Israel. I have two tests for politicians that I will vote for. Number one test is uh, the life test are they pro life? And then the number two is are they pro Israel? Gang, vote for people that are pro Israel. And then one of the best ways that Americans have supported Israel over the last several years is through tours, going on a tour to the land of Israel and going to see everything. We have a tour scheduled to go. We're supposed to leave five weeks from yesterday. I want to go more now than I wanted to before these events transpired. I want to be a presence there. I want to show them that America loves them. Now, we couldn't go right now because it's way too dangerous. We won't go if it's too dangerous. Our tour company will cancel it. But there's still, I'm hoping, an opportunity for us to still be able to go. Remember, the war in 1967 took six days. 1973, 19 days. So I'm hoping that In five weeks, Israel could be safer than it has been in years, I'm hoping. Because I want to support them. I want to be with them. And I've been to Israel at times where they went through uh, unrest like this. I was on a tour group there, a small group, but we were there when there was tension, rockets being fired, all of that. And, And they were so blessed that we were there. It was like this encouragement to them. So you'd be praying for me and everyone who signed up to go onto this tour. We will not go if it's not safe. But I'm hoping that it can get safe. I really am, because that's an incredible way to support. So be biblically informed, pray, support Israel, and I'm going to put this last bullet up here as well. Always give preference to the gospel message. Always give pre- Right now, it's very tempting to get involved politically, to say all these things, you know, and get involved in this argument. Listen, the, the message of most importance to Christians always, no matter what's going on in the world, is the gospel. Where we tell the world why Jesus came the first time. The gospel is spelled out very simply in First Corinthians chapter 15. I delivered to you, first of all, that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. That is the gospel message. That is what we share. John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. That's our message. We live out the gospel and we share the gospel. And if you have not done so yet, receive the gospel. Time is running out. John one twelve says, as many received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God. Have you received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Are you good with him? Are you a part of his family? Are you on the winning team? It says in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, We then as workers together with him also plead with you not to receive the grace of God in vain. For he says, in an acceptable time I have heard you, and in the day of salvation I have helped you. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Don't wait. We're very close. Now is the day. Now is the time. Everything's lining up. If you have not given your life to Jesus Christ, you need to do so right now. I want to put up those bullet points one more time. I want you to be praying for these things as families, um, individually, over the coming days and weeks. This will be posted at our website. And as we close, I want us together just kind of pray through these. So would you bow your heads with me and close your eyes? Father, I pray. Or we pray for comfort that you would deliver to the nation of Israel in their tragedy and their atrocities right now and all their pain and suffering. Our hearts are broken. Lord, we pray that you would give them victory and strength and wisdom in their military defense and in the offensive measures that they are forced to take. Lord, I pray that you'd miraculously deliver them like you've done so many times before. Lord, we pray against the world propaganda. We pray against the lies. Lord, as your people fill us with truth, we'd be able to share truth I pray for the relationship that the church has with Israel I know there's many inroads but there needs to be a lot more I pray that right now um, Israel would experience great uh, financial support and humanitarian aid support from the church worldwide, and from America. Lord, we certainly pray for our Jewish brothers and sisters, and Lord, we also pray for the Arabs and the Palestinians, and so many who are caught up in this, not even knowing. God, do your work. Lord how comforting it is to receive reports of Muslims worldwide having visions of you and coming to you in hundreds and thousands I pray that continue. God I pray for a revival across the globe. Lord, for those of us who are here this morning and we're scared, we're uncertain, we come to you in prayer and we ask for strength in our hearts, increase our faith, Lord, remind us that you're in control, you're in charge, you're sovereign, you turn the hearts of kings. And Lord, we acknowledge that you hold our very lives in your hands. And we trust you. I do pray as your people living in these times that we would be strong witnesses for you. We'd shine our light greatly. And then Lord, I want to pray for anyone here this morning who has not yet received maybe you're here this morning and you have not yet placed your faith in Jesus Christ. you need to do so. Time is running short. Look at the power of the Bible. look at the prophecy that's been fulfilled. Look what Christ is look what Christ has done. Look where we are on the timetable. See how it fits. Don't miss out on what Jesus did the first time for you when he came. He died in your place and He rose again the third day. If you have not yet put your faith in him, do so right now in the quietness of your heart. Say, Lord, I want to be a member of your kingdom. I want to be a part of your church, your body. And so I humbly surrender my life before you Take all of my sins and wash them away. Thank you for dying on the cross for me and rising again that third day. Be alive in me. Be my Lord and Savior. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and help me. Help me to live for you in this life and be a light for you. Jesus' name. Amen.